This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Well, good morning, River Church. So glad that you are here with us today as we celebrate three years. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Literally, someone walked up to me this morning when they got here and said, I didn't think we'd make it. So thanks for that, John. He's the sound guy. Who would have thought, man? The sound guy. Sound guy doesn't believe in me, man. He's gonna, <laughs> at least he hadn't cut me off yet. But uh, I'm glad you're here today. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey uh, this far. For all of you who serve, all of you who give, all of you who do so much uh, just to be a part of this place as we were trying to build um, something special here together, something very spiritual that, that God is doing and making and creating. And so thank you for all that you've done. And, and really thank you for just coming to celebrate with us today, man. If you're just here and you say, man, I'm just, I'm just here to celebrate the day, man. Thank you for, for just supporting us and being a part of, of that. And I hope that, I hope some, somewhere over the last three years, you found a family here. And if you haven't yet, just give us some time, man. We'll, 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 we'll convince you. We'll convince you. Um, this week, has been a very nostalgic week for me, um, if you can imagine. I'm very sentimental and, and thinking through the last few years. And, you know, Ryan, I remember building that deck. I was there. I helped. I charged, made sure the batteries were charged and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's been a very nostalgic week. And, um, you know, thinking about everything that's happened and, and, uh, and everything that uh, all the people who have been a part of, the last three plus years. And, um, you know, every time you hit a milestone, you really can't help but but slow down and think about what it's taken to get to this point. Like every time Katie and I have a, a wedding anniversary, we always spend part of that anniversary sitting together and talking about the, the years and reminiscing about what's happened and what's gone on and just memories. And, and we always talk about when we met each other and when we, you know, what made us fall in love and, and all those kinds of things. And, and, uh, and it's really, it's really special. It almost kind of reminds us that we love each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, especially if we've been fighting or haven't quite been getting along, um, which never happens, but if it ever does, it really helps us kind of get back together and connect. You know, it's good to be reminded of what made you fall in love in the first place. Right. And so that's kind of what been this, this week has been like for me, just thinking about the last few years and how we got here as a church. And so today I'm not going to preach at you so much as I am just going to talk about what I've been thinking about. And I want to talk to you about what, what I've been thinking about over the last few years and, 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 and that I've been processing. And, and some of the things I've been thinking about were those big monumental moments. Like I remember uh, Katie and I sitting in a restaurant in Georgia uh, and the moment that we said, okay, we're going to do this. Like the moment where uh, we said like the, this, this crazy moment, like, like I think maybe if you've ever had a dream or something that you've chased, there's probably a crazy moment where, where you said, okay, I'm not, not going to talk about this anymore. We're not going to say one day anymore. We're not going to say, okay, if this happens, then we will. But that moment where you say, we're doing this, right? You ever experienced that in your life? The moment you go, we're, we're doing this. We're making this decision. And I remember that feeling where we said, okay, we're, we're doing this. And nothing had changed in the moment other than we said, we're going for this. And all of a sudden, it became so real, right? I remember thinking about all the parties that we had before we started trying to convince people to come along on this journey about the first service we had in the movie theater. And then last year, moving here to Whitley Road, which we love being here at the elementary school. It's been such a blessing. I talk about, uh, you know, when you reminisce on things, sometimes you remember things that, 
you wouldn't necessarily expect to stand out. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's little special things that you don't really, you don't think you would remember, but you do. And one of those was I remember uh, I was thinking through this and I don't even know why it hit me. Maybe it was time hop or something, but going to with, with Ryan Ragsdale, the uh, one of our worship leaders here, uh, we went to go pick up the church trailer. And it's this trailer that has literally everything. Every week, you know, we set all this stuff up and we tear it down. And so we had a, a guy come in. And he said, here's all the stuff I think you'll need. And so we bought it all from him. And so he said, hey, it'll cost you like $1,000 less if you pick up the trailer yourself. And I was like, we'll get it. Right, of course. Be good with money, right? Smart wisdom. So I said, all right, we'll, we'll get it. We'll pick it up. And so Ryan and I drove down. He just gave us an address. And he said, here it is. Go find it. And so we drove down to Houston to go get it, which, uh, which was a, a fun adventure in of itself. And so we drive down to Houston. We follow the address. It takes us like downtown Houston. And we literally, we, we pull into like this truck yard, like this abandoned truck yard. There's nobody there, super sketchy. And we're like, we're trying to find somebody. We can't find anybody. I'm like walking in an office building. There's like, there's people in the office building. They're like, what, who are you? What are you talking about? So we're driving around and we just find this white trailer. Didn't have any markings on anything. Find this white trailer. We opened it up. There's church stuff in it. We're like, all right. We hooked it up and took it home. <laughs> like to this day, like it said, the river church. We're like, I guess we'll just call the church the river. <laughs> guess that'll be our name. Like to this day, there's probably a church going, what happened to that trailer? Like, where is it? <laughs> You know, was, you know, I don't know. It worked out for us. And so, I, you know, just thinking about funny memories like that. And, and I think, though, when you reminisce, uh, one, one thing that happens is that you don't just think about the memories, but you think about the design of it. Like you think about the design from the beginning. Like, like in life, you're, you're kind of going on from day to day to day, moving along day to day to day. But when you hit milestones – Milestones kind of help you step back and evaluate where you are, right? Like that's why uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's resolutions are such a big deal as we, we've been talking about through our brand new series that we, we just finished up last week. But that's why that's such New Year's Eve is such a big deal because it's a milestone. And so it makes you step back and go, okay, is my life what I wanted it to be? Is who I am what I, what I wanted it to be? And so um, every time we hit milestones, it, it makes me kind of think about the dream. You know, what was the dream? What, what is it what we thought it would be? Is, is this what we hoped it would be? And as I was thinking about that and thinking through that, um, to be honest, in many ways, no. <laughs> in many ways, no. But in a, many other ways, it's been so much more than I thought it would be. Like thinking about one thing I would say is it's been harder than I thought it would be. Another thing, and I'm, I'm maybe ashamed to say this, we've had to rely on Jesus more than I thought we would. Is that bad for a pastor to say? Being too honest? Like I think about every single, every building that we've been in, two buildings, we literally had to rely on God for both of them. Like if you've heard the story, when we moved into the movie theater, we were two months away from launch, had nowhere to meet, had no space that we could be in. Everybody had told us no. Literally, I was like, I'm just going to fast. That's the only thing I know to do. Fast and pray. God said, call this movie theater, called them. They'd already told me no twice. Called him Mike this week, it became available. Come on now. That's Jesus, man. Two years later, we're in the movie theater. Things are going great. I get a phone call. Hey, Mike, uh, you guys, we're going to have to renovate. Y'all probably need to leave. Well, that stinks. That week, I have a meeting here at this elementary school with uh, the principal, Miss Janie Smythe. I'm sitting in the meeting. They don't know anything about our situation. Janie goes, hey, Mike, you guys think y'all might ever want to meet here? Uh, Yes. Do I need to pray about this? No. <laughs> this is, I know, right? 
I mean, come on, man. That's Jesus, man. That's Jesus. And so thinking about those things like that, you know, it's it's been different. It's been great. We've had to rely on God, which is, you know, probably the way it should be. Um, but, but thinking through our, our hope from the beginning, and if you have your worship guide this morning, there's a there's we've started putting an insert in there where you can take notes, and 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 the first blank on there is our hope from the beginning is that we wanted to be a church to help people know God and find freedom from sin. We want to be a church to help people know God and find freedom from sin and free sin and shame. And we based that thought, that thought came from John chapter seven. And if you were here from the beginning, I preached this, uh, this, this passage on our opening service and I preached it again on our one year anniversary. <laughs> and then I was preaching at a conference like a week later, I preached it again. So I preached on this a lot. We had people from the church come to that conference and they're like, Mike, come on, man, give us something new. <laughs> But in this story, in John chapter 7, Jesus is, is at this festival or he's at this, uh, this deal where they're celebrating past miracles that God has done. And, they, and they're, they're celebrating the past. At the same time, they're crying out to the future. They're crying out for him to come back and heal their land again. They're, they're in kind of this uh, desert season where they don't, they're not experiencing God. They don't think God's there. And so they're crying out, hey, God, we remember what you've done in the past. We need you to do it again. We need you to pour yourself out on us again. And so they're at this, this festival remembering what God has done. And every single day of this festival, they have this water ceremony where they, they walk down to this river and they're singing psalms and chanting and, and asking God to pour his spirit out on them once again. And, and as they're doing, they have this beautiful water ceremony, right? Every single day. And on the last day of this festival, uh, at the middle of this water ceremony, Jesus stands up. And as they're crying out to God to come and heal their land again, to pour his spirit out on them again, Jesus stands up and he says, John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38, on the last and most important day of the festival, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, will have streams of living water. Other places translate this rivers of living water flowing from deep within him. And as they're crying out for hope, for God to move, for God to heal their land, Jesus stands up in the middle of this ceremony and he says, hope is right here. Healing is right here. Life is right here. Salvation is right here. He says, come to me, man. I'll pour it out on you. Come to me and I will, I will, it will overflow, man. Come to me. And our hope from the beginning as a church, as we set out four or five years ago to do this, was that that's what people would experience here at the River Church. That people would come here and they would find that life. I remember the first time, or the, my first experience like that with God, right? And I think if you're a Christian here today or if you've experienced it, you probably remember the first time you really experienced Jesus. And for me, I, I grew up in the church and I was very blessed and lucky. And uh, But it took me until about fifth or sixth grade for me to really, my first experience with God to happen. And it was at a church camp. If you're here for the week one of a brand new series, I told the story, sitting in that church camp and just worshiping God. And, and for the first time in my life, as I'm worshiping God, I'm singing out to God. I, I experienced him and he changed me. And, and I wanted more of that, right? And as, as I grew in my faith, I didn't just want that for me, but I wanted other people to, it's kind of like, like when you, you know, you watch a good movie or you eat at a good restaurant, you want other people to experience it, right? You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe you're selfish and you don't want anybody to know about it because you don't want anybody else to know. I've done that too, right? Except this is like exponentially bigger and better because we're talking about life changing salvation and healing, right? And our hope as we set out was that this would, that people would come in this place 
And they would have constant life-changing experiences with Jesus where they would come and they'd say, man, I need hope. I need life. I need healing. I need this. And they'd come and just sit under Jesus and he'd just pour it out on them, man. That's, that's what we wanted. They'd come and experience that living water. And, and over the last three years, as I've been reminiscing, what's really cool is that we've seen that. We've seen salvations, we've seen baptisms, we've seen families come back together, we've seen um, marriages being healed, we've seen um, people finding a home, we've seen one of my favorite things, we've seen some miracle babies being born that weren't supposed to be able to be conceived, amen? How cool is that? And the truth is, like, I crave more and more and more of those experiences in our church. I crave more and more and more of Jesus just working and moving and doing things like that. And even, like, like he's doing it, though. That's what's so cool. Like, last week, I, man, this, like, got, got me emotional, man. Think about this. Last week, we're finishing up our brand new series. I'm preaching about uh, the, the importance of passing down blessing through our family lineage, okay? Like, so passing down blessing to our kids from who we are, what's created out of our relationships, and just and passing that down to affect the generations of families, right? From, from myself to my kids to my grandkids, whatever. And as we're preaching on that, there's somebody in the service who gets up, they get a phone call, get up, walk out the doors, and it's their son who they hadn't talked to in six years. Come on, man. Come on. That's the kind of stuff I want to see more and more and more of, Right? God is good and he's at work. And, and as we're seeing those kinds of things, as God doing those kinds of things in people's lives, hopefully what we want them to do as they experience God is to see that Christianity is personal. That Christianity is personal. See, I think many people, we grow up thinking that God's this far off, unrelatable God who doesn't really get it, doesn't really care about me, doesn't really see me. And what we wanted, and, and I think we've on some levels accomplished over the last few years, is helping people see, maybe as they come into the river, they experience God for the first time, and they, they don't know about God, they don't hear about God, they don't think he's this far off thing, but they, but they go from knowing about God to knowing God, right? Because that happens when you experience something for, your, for, for yourself. That, that's, that's our hope. That's our dream. Like you can hear about something. You can talk about something. You can know a lot about something. But until you experience it, you don't really know it. Experiences changes everything. And so our hope from the beginning is that people would come in this place and experience Jesus through those kinds of life-changing stories that we're talking about, man. Like experience makes things different. Like this is a very strange example. But anybody ever heard of Wim Hof? Nobody? Just me? All right, so there's this guy named Wim Hof, and, and I have an uncle who's like, a, he's in the medical field, and so we always talk about these weird things. He's kind of into biohacking, and I'm kind of in it too. I'm strange. I'm telling you more than you probably need to know about me. Um, I just think it's cool. And so uh, anyways, so there's this guy named Wim Hof, and his whole idea uh, is that, <laughs> this is so weird. I can't believe I'm using this as an example. But his whole weird is that, his whole idea is he believes that Cold exposure can help your cardiovascular system, help you have healthy blood flow, healthy heart, okay? And so what he does is like extreme ice baths and extreme swimming and extreme temperatures, all this kind of stuff. All right, you're kind of, some of you guys are starting to track with me a little bit now, all right? So I've been studying this guy, learning about this guy, reading about this guy. My uncle comes into town. He's staying at a place where he has a, a pool. And so he says, hey, Mike, I've been doing that Wim Hof thing we've been talking about. So it's like... 30 degrees outside. He's going swimming in the swimming pool. I'm like, I've been reading about it. I've been studying it. I'm going to do it. So we go over to the house. I, you know, get down into, into my, uh, some shorts or whatever. 
And he's, he's already in the pool. He jumps right in. He's swimming around. I'm like, oh, it's 35 degrees outside, but this feels great. I'm tough. I'm, I've been reading about it. I know about it. I'm, I'm fine. I get literally put like ankle deep, ankles. And I'm like, <gasps> like, man, you hadn't experienced nothing until you have every ounce of oxygen sucked out of your lungs by just being cold. Okay. For the record, I got in and I swam around for about two minutes. It was great. It was actually a pretty cool feeling, but... But my point, man, is like I could learn about it. I could read about it. I could study it. Man, I didn't know nothing about it until I put my ankle in that water. And it's the same thing with Jesus, man. You can hear about him, learn about him, talk about him, but you don't know nothing about him until you experience him. And that's what we want, man. Our, our, our hope is that we wanted this to be a place where people go from knowing about God to knowing God, like, like know him, know him. Not know about him, but know him. We want people to know that Christianity is personal, to help people know God and find freedom. And, and then we wanted to help take people who experience God. Our hope is to take each, you know, together as a family, going from experiencing God and having our lives changed by Jesus, taking our lives and making it about something bigger than ourselves. To go from just it being about us, but to help us make a difference in this world. And what we want to do is help people find purpose and make a difference. And we wanted to do that, you know, by giving people a place to serve, by, by doing good in our community, by giving away a lot of stuff, by blessing people. And, and a lot of that was motivated out of these verses from Matthew 25, 31 through 40, which says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by the, my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and take you in without clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And as I'm thinking about and reminiscing about who we wanted to be from the beginning, I realized that as a church, we are extremely uh, um, motivated by those verses. And I, and I think as a church over the last three years, we've tried to made it a, a priority to do those kinds of things. And, and I'm proud of us for that. But something happened to me this week as I was reading back over those verses. And like, let's put, yeah, put those back up there. Like you read, read them again. And, and, and I think that as I was processing the design, I think I, I kind of missed it a little bit here. Like he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. I was naked. I was sick. I was in prison. Whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. Like look at the pronouns there. Jesus says, I was hungry. I was thirsty. I was a stranger. And what I was processing as I was thinking back through this over the last three years where, where maybe I you know missed it just a little bit is that this isn't this, this, these verses are about serving people. These verses are about taking care of people. But at the end of the day, these verses are about loving God by loving on his people. Like I realize, because sometimes I get caught up in the project. Like we need a project, bigger project, more project. Let's do more. Let's do more, right? Like, and what I realized here is that it's not so much about the projects as it is about just loving Jesus through the project. Like, it's about worshiping our God through loving other people. Like, you say, Mike, this is really strange. I know. Let me tell you a story. So I, this really drove it home for me this week. I heard a pastor talking about this, and he said, uh, he said, there's this guy in their church who all of a sudden just one day just started calling up his kids. 
grown kids. They're adults. It wasn't anything weird like that. Like, call my little children. Calling his kids and, and, and just checking on being like, hey, man, how are you guys doing? You need anything? You know, need any advice? And he said this guy started giving his kids, like, advice and just, like, all, all the time, just checking up on them and stuff. And he said he'd call them once a week. And he said, what's funny is the kids were like listening to this guy's advice. And he was like, I'm giving them the same advice and they're not listening to me. <laughs> that's, that's parenting 101, right? And so uh, all the parents said, amen, right? But anyways, he said, so he's giving this, talking to his kids and just blessing them. And he said, one day he called, a, he called his son or, or called one of the pastor's son and, and, and said, hey, man, God told me to give you a check. So gave him a check. And the pastor said his son called him and was like, man, how did he know we needed that check? Like we, we had this big expense come through this week. We had no way to pay it. We were, we were in trouble. He said, he gave me this check and, and it, I, like, how did he know, right? And so the pastor said, he called up the guy and was just like, man, what are you doing? <laughs> why are you calling my kids? Why are you giving them money? Like, why are you giving, like, what, like, what are you doing? And he said, the guy told me, he said, look, pastor, he said, you've really impacted my life. He said, you've really helped change my life. And he said, I love you a lot. And he said, I started thinking about what was the best way that I could love you back. He said, I realized the best way I could love you back is by loving the people that you love the most. And what I realized is one of the best ways that we as a church can love God is to love the people that he loves. It's to love the people that he loves. And that's, as I'm thinking about who we wanted to be and who we want to be going forward, that's the kind of church we want to be. We want to love the people that God loves. Focus on loving God through his people. And, and I think like as I, as I was, you know, thinking back this week, I, that's who we want to be. That's who we want to be. And so as I'm, you know, reminiscing on how we got started and how, who we set out to be. Man, I crave more of those moments of experiencing God. I crave more salvation. I want to see more people's lives change. I want to do more in our community, love on the people that God loves the most. Like that, that's how I want to worship him. But, but as I was, so I'm taking y'all all through my week. Do you feel like as scattered as my brain is all the time? Like, man, Mike's, Mike processes things really weird. Yes, I do. And as I was thinking about these things these, this week, all those thoughts God kind of like stopped me because all those thoughts that, that I've been walking you through are about the river and kind of what has happened the last three years and even like who we want to be in the future. But what really turned my heart this week, as I was thinking about three years and, and, and where we've been, what really hurt, turned my heart this week was thinking about just how good God has been to me and just how good God's been to you. And just how stinking good God's been to our church. <laughs> like if there's, if there's a word that I think of when it comes to who, what our God has been to our church, that word is faithful. He's been faithful. We've had to rely on him and trust in him in more ways than we ever thought we would. Because, you know, when you start something or you're out to do something, you think you're really great and you think you can do a whole lot, right? We've had to rely on him so much. And what's really as I process this, is realizing how good God has been to me. And as I'm processing these last three years, what I want to do today as a church is I want to celebrate our church. I want to celebrate what God's done. I want to celebrate what's happened over these last three years. But, but more than that, today, I want to celebrate God's goodness to us. 
Today, I want to celebrate God's goodness to our church. Like today, I just want to stop and take a Sunday and literally just go, God, thank you. Like, I feel like, I feel like we run through life sometimes and God's doing stuff and blessing us and giving us things and taking care of us. And we're just moving and going and almost getting used to it. And we never actually stop and just go, boom, Jesus, just thank you. Just thank you. And so that's, that's what I want to do today is we reflect on God's goodness on, on who, like when Katie and I started out this dream, like we had no idea what to expect. We had no idea, like reminiscing, man, I remember the first service where we were like, man, is anybody going to show up to this thing? And then I remember the second service where nobody did. (laughs) And if you were here, you're laughing because you're like, yep, we all thought this was dead in the water. Man, I want to reflect on how good God has been to us. And today as a church, as we think about people experiencing God, as we think about being a blessing to our community, all those things are amazing and great and phenomenal. But really what I want to do is just worship God and say, man, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Like God has brought us together. He's creating a unique family. And yes, a family with growing pains, a family with lessons to learn, with work still to do, but a family that is growing together. We're learning each other. We're building each other up. We're coming together. We're figuring it out. And today I want to worship God for that. Are we, want to, are we where we want to be? To be honest, I will always want more. I think that's the nature of the beast. We will always want more salvations, more growth, more community change. But that doesn't stop us from celebrating and worshiping God for what he has done for us. And so today, instead of celebrating and moving on, I, I want to worship the Lord. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 10, 21. He is your praise and he is your God who has done for you these great things and awesome works Look at that last phrase, your eyes have seen. He says, praise him for what your eyes have seen. Anybody seen some God do some amazing things in their lives? Amen. Psalm 86, 9 and 10, you, all the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name for you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. Psalm 100, 1 through 5, shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, acknowledge that Yahweh is God. He made us and we are his, his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For Yahweh is good and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Psalm 9-1. I will thank Yahweh. It's another word for God. I will thank Yahweh with all of my heart. And I will declare all of your wonderful works. If you look at all of those verses, all of those verses have one thing in common. They say, worship God, be thankful to God, praise God. Why? Because of what he's done for you. Because of what your eyes have seen. And so today in our three-year anniversary, I want this to be a day that's marked by the River Church praising God for what he's done. By helping our church get to this point, how he's blessed your life through the River Church. I want to worship him for that. I want to worship him for how he's moved in our lives. And, and one thing that was really cool that always stands out to me in the scriptures is that when God does performs a miracle or when God does something amazing in the lives of the Israelites, they always would stop and build a monument to the Lord. They'd always stop and build them. Like literally, they would just find rocks and stack them up. And the reason why they would do that is so every time they would come back to it, every time they would pass by it, they would see it and what? And be reminded of God's goodness. And so a monumental Sunday, a third year anniversary, that's something that always reminds us of God's goodness. But today what I want to do, man, is I want to stack up some rocks. Anybody want to stack some rocks today? 
I want to stack some rocks. And, and so there's two ways we're going to stack some rocks today. One of them's kind of strange. We got a t-shirt for you. It doesn't say stack rocks. <laughs> but that's a good idea. Joel, let's remember that for the next one. And so what we're going to do is, man, when you leave here, grab that t-shirt. It looks like this. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. What, what? And what I want you to do is every time you wash that shirt, every time you wear that shirt, I want you to be reminded of God's faithfulness to you. I want you to be reminded of God's, like I'm putting that on you right now. You're not going to be able to look at that shirt without remembering what God's done for you. And I, I want us to, you to worship him for how he's blessed you through the River Church. I want you to worship him for how he's just blessed your life in general. And then the second way we're going to stack some rocks today is in your notes, it says this. It says, three reasons I worship God today. I'm not going to give you those three reasons. You got those three reasons. And so what I want you to do today is like, you can cut me off right now. You can stop listening to me right now. What I want you to do today is I want you to start to think about what are three reasons why I worship God today? What has he done for me? How has he blessed me through the River Church? How can I praise his name today simply by being my God? How can I worship him today? So I want you to write those things down. I want you to write down three reasons why I worship God today. And as you write it down, what we're going to do, you know what we're going to do? We're going to worship him. And we're going to praise him. And we're going to sing out songs of, of adoration, songs of worship to our king. Because I got I to gotta be honest, man. I, I want you to don't go through the motions here. Don't pack up your stuff. Don't think about what the kids are doing. Don't think, you're probably like, oh, I wasn't. <laughs> now I am because you said it, right? I, I want you to take this. We're not, we're not going through the motions here. We are going to stand up. So stand up. And we're going to worship our king. Like for what he's done. Like my list is extensive, man. And sometimes I go through the motions. I go through daily life and I forget about how good God's been today. Today, we're going to stop and we're going to worship him for the miracles. We're going to worship him for salvations. We're going to worship him for his goodness. Today, I'm going to stop and remember God's goodness to me. Today, I want you to stop and remember God's goodness to you. I want you to worship him for his goodness and faithfulness to you. I want you to sing loud. I want you to sing proud, and I want you to worship God today. Let's stack up some rocks today with our voices as we sing out to our God. Let's sing.